broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Boost Mobile, everything you've always wanted in a mobile carrier. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Visit us at OxyPow.com. UNLV Hockey, ACHA D1 Hockey, world-class city. By M-Drive, take our short quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which M-Drive fits your lifestyle. By Summer Skates, show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Buy Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for great taste and great value. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the location near you. And buy the University of Arizona Wildcats. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. ACHA hockey fans, WCHL hockey fans, WWCHL hockey fans. This is indeed Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host as always from that gorgeous, wonderful city of Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh. Stephen, how are you? I'm I'm good. You know, it's a gorgeous day in Vegas because the uh, – it was a slow news day as uh, nothing really too big happened here or was announced today in the sports world about a certain <laughs> event that's going to be here in a few years. Uh, yeah, what was that again? <laughs> oh, something about a Super Bowl, uh, NFL football, you know, the big biggest game of the year uh, going to be in Vegas in a few years. But that's, yeah. that's no big deal, though. Well, they got to come to Arizona first. <laughs> then they come right. there. L.A. this year, Arizona, and then... Then the third time's the charm. Vegas will we'll get it right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Vegas. I think you're probably right. Um, well, yeah, congratulations, Las Vegas. That's a big win. You're going to have the uh, NHL uh, All-Star Game this year, uh, the Super Bowl in 2024. That's that's good stuff. The Pro Bowl is going to be this year. The NFL draft's coming. You, as you mentioned, the, the NHL All-Star festivities are going to be here. We also have a Frozen Four of uh, college hockey, uh, NCAA hockey, down the lo- down the line this decade as well. Yeah, 2026, uh, I believe, on that. Yeah, so all kinds Vegas of good stuff happening. Coming Vegas. to Championship City, how about that? Huh? Ten, five go. years ago, ten hey, years ago, you never you never would have thought of that. Can we just get UNLV to go NCAA hockey by then, so we can just uh, get rid of this BS and and put them in the NCAA where they belong? Well, that's up to people that are higher than. Have higher pay grades than me. <laughs> uh, and by the way, folks, if you haven't been to our YouTube channel, or the website, Stephen did a fantastic job of recapping um, uh, the UNLV first semester uh, for us. Um, th- they've done a lot. Uh, if not for two hiccups uh, at uh, UCO, 
they they would easily be the number two team in the country if not um, and, pushing for number one. And then they also had a you know it's kind of interesting, and we're going to talk about the teams um, a little bit more as we we kind of recap the, the you know this, this, this first part of the season. Now that we're kind of at this break now for the with a uh, semester break, and you know UNLV actually has lost three in a row because they lost the two games at Central Oklahoma real early in the season. It was like the, the third weekend, I think, of the year. And then they came back home and played Arizona and lost that first game to Arizona and then went on to win the second game. And they haven't lost since then. So it's been uh, it's been pretty remarkable, the run that they're on. Steven, you know what I'd like? I'd like to see them play Lindenwood. How come we can't get a matchup with Lindenwood? Um, they played Minot State, took care of them. Uh, they played Liberty, took care of them, took care of Adrian. Uh, they did lose to Central Oklahoma, as you uh, uh, mentioned. They didn't play Iowa State. Uh, I really like to see them play them as well. But um, we're gonna get Lindenwood on that schedule uh, sometime uh, soon. Well, maybe um, March twentieth, twenty twenty one, or twenty twenty two in St. Louis, Missouri, for the uh, ACHA National Championship. Yeah, maybe you're pushing it way too back, too far, and it's not gonna be March twentieth. It's the tenth through the fifteenth. Okay, sorry, tenth <laughs> through the fifteenth. I, I was if thinking, they're playing I, on the 20th, Stephen, they're playing for an NCAA berth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the other I, – I, I got it confused because I think the dates, the whole the whole ACHA is that 10 days. But, yeah, you're right. The Division One level is the first five days. The other divisions will be intermixed in the, those later dates. So, yeah, you're right. But, uh, but yeah, but that's when they're going to – that's when they're going to have them on the schedule is that championship game in the ACHA tournament. That's when it matters. That's when it really counts. Would that be fantastic or what? <laughs> It would be, and if people go to watch that that feature. You know, I, I started each. I started each. I guess the players. Also, Colin Robin, who's used used to be a UNLV player, now he's helping out doing some video work. So he's he's been helping out the program still after his playing days. And I asked them all, you know, things they accomplished. The uh, the Chicago Classic champions. They were uh, number four in the rankings. Uh, number two or number one, I taped some before, some after the game, so we didn't know exactly where they finished there, but they're number one right now in the WCHL rankings or standings. I asked them, you know, what does all that mean? And some said, you know, it just means that, you know, it's a good start, but they know that the job is not finished and they still have, uh, they know what they want to accomplish this season, win an ACHA national championship, and uh, and that's what the, their goal is. And uh, certainly if they keep playing the way they're playing, uh, they if, if they uh, did favorites and underdogs for uh, – ACHA tournament in the in the books in the sports books uh, UNLV would probably be one of the the heavy favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's jump into this thing. We're going to break down uh, each team in the WCHL, but before we do that, let's talk about uh, ranking number eleven. Um, I, I guess we call this I, the final one of the first semester, correct? I got a soapbox ready for you, Scott. Yeah, please, please. I want to jump on it. Um, okay, so number one, Lindenwood. I got no problem with it. 11-0-0, undefeated, um, previous champions, you name it. Lindenwood's number one, no issue. Minot State, 12-2-0. They have two losses. They lost to UNLV. They lost to Jamestown. Um, not sure that they should be two and UNLV should be four. That's my first uh, soapbox. Iowa State, I, I'm comfortable with them at three. 17-2-1, that's 20 games they've played already this year. I'm okay with them being number three, but I think I think Minot State and UNLV should flip, and the reason I say that is, is because when you play head-to-head and you defeat somebody, um, you, you should jump ahead of them. Now, I'm not saying that's the way it's going to be in the final ranking. I'm just saying, like, 
when when you're going to do these rankings, reward victories. Don't reward losses. You know where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I am. Okay. okay. So so number uh, one, Lindenwood. Two, Minot State. Three, Iowa State. Number four, UNLV at 16-3-0. We just talked about those three losses. They were three in a row, as you mentioned. Uh, and then since then, they've gone on a huge roll and won 12 in a row. Um, Liberty, number five at 14-4-0. Go ahead and take the uh, the next five for us. So you got Central Oklahoma, the uh, one of the only teams to beat UNLV this year. Uh, they have a 16-4-0 record. Uh, they're ranked number six, so they actually moved up a spot. and And I don't, I don't believe they they played a game. So, uh, so that happens sometimes. You don't play, and you still move up or down. Uh, uh, they didn't play though. They, it was it oh, was the uh, series against Oklahoma. Uh, oh, that's right. That's so it was right. them in Oklahoma, and then right. at which they got a sweep, and then UNLV yeah. and Arizona State, which UNLV got the sweep. And by the way, Chris Perry asked me to predict those games. I predicted two sweeps. Yeah. Oh, ouch, <laughs> ouch, my shoulder. I just threw it out trying to pat wow. myself on the back. Wow. Wow. You, you, might, you might get a return appearance on the uh, on his podcast <laughs> if, uh, with that, with that prognostication. I, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, oh, anyways, okay. So okay, I, roll on. Okay. Uh, Adrian, number seven, 13, 4 and 0. Uh, they dropped down a spot. They were previously sixth. Uh, Indiana Tech, uh, number eight, at 16, 2 and 0. Uh, Maryville, uh, 12, 5 and 1 at number nine. Missouri State, 14, 6 and 0 at number 10. And, and for those three, Indiana Tech, Maryville, and Missouri State, those are uh, the same as they were last week. All right. You know what's coming. Number 11. <laughs> Oh, your Here, favorite team. <laughs> here's my pain in the rear end. Um, you can't be seven, six, and two. I don't care who they, you They played. moved up four spots. They moved up four spots, Scott, for just beating Minot <sighs> State one time. Ouch. Okay. And you and LV beat Minot State one time. And- I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Here's what I'm saying. If you're Jamestown, good for you. You beat Minot State. You're seven, six, and two. Okay. You, you haven't even got double-digit wins yet this year. And you're climbing the charts like uh, uh, a rapid mountain climber. Um, if you play Lindenwood all 15 of your games and you come out seven, six, and two, okay, I'll give you that. But come on, you gotta have at least double-digit wins to be like number 11. Uh, I'm sorry, you just have to be. When you get double-digit wins, let's start talking. Speaking of that, Illinois number 12 at 10, 12, and one. Um, they have a sub 500 record. And and again, not taking anything away from Illinois, but you're you're sub five hundred. You're ten, twelve, and one. And you're number twelve in the country. How can that be? Um, Stony Brook, Brook number thirteen at thirteen, three and one. Got no issue with that. Um, Pittsburgh number fourteen at thirteen. Uh, hold on a minute. Am I getting this right? No, Stony Brook twelve, four and two. Pittsburgh thirteen, three and one. And number fifteen, Ohio. 13, 7, and 2. Got no problem with those three. I do have a problem with 11 and 12, though. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so we'll go ahead to number 16 is Arizona, 12, 5, and 0. They uh, did not play last weekend, uh, so they, they're staying put where they are, where they were. Uh, Michigan Dearborn, number 17, 12, 6, and 2. Uh, Utah, 6, 7, and 3. Uh, they moved up a couple of spots. They were 20, now they're 18. Uh, Aquinas, uh, 12, 4, and 1. And uh, Niagara, uh, seventeen three and one. Uh, they were seventeen, so they've dropped uh, three spots from the previous ranking last week. 
Okay. Uh, number 22, Delaware, 12, 6, and 2. Got no issue with that. Number 23, Rhode Island, 12, 8, and 1. Uh, number 24, Illinois State, 12, 10, and 0. All three of those teams, Stephen, uh, and I guess that, did I miss Midland? Uh, I did miss Midland. They're number 21 at 9, 9, and 2. And you have so, no problem with number 25 either, right? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you know I'm a big supporter as big as there is of, of Arizona State hockey and of uh, WCHL hockey, but 5-12 and oh, you're seven games under 500. You just got beaten pretty badly by UNLV twice, and you're still holding down the number 25 spot. I, I don't get it. I don't understand these rankings. I know it's strength of schedule, but strength of schedule should not count for that much when – when you aren't winning. You got to win a game or two somewhere along the line. Do you know how hard it's going to be for them to get back to 500? Because it's 5-12 and oh, that's 17 games out of their season. They need seven wins just to get back to 500. Yeah. And you know, Arizona State really has uh, struggled uh, recently, as you've mentioned. And uh, so they they had a tough weekend here in, in Vegas. The second game they were much more uh, prepared for, and they, they were in the game with, with UNLV, but uh, uh, they were certainly not on a, the same level that, that a UNLV is. And, of course, the week before that, they were in Arizona to play the Wildcats and lost both games, but that second game was much better for them. They only lost one nothing, so they were in that game. Uh, you know, And they're going to play Arizona a few more times uh, this year. They're going to host UNLV still this season, so they still have some big games um, on their schedule. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting. I really thought for sure they would drop out of the twenty-five when they lost the two games this past weekend. But uh, you know, it just reminds me of a couple of years ago, um, and maybe this is an example of it, it, it working the other way. Is UNLV had a long losing streak, and uh, and somehow they they managed to stay in the top twenty-five, and maybe that was undeserved at that time, and, and they had a strong second half and was able to push in. So, you know, maybe that's what Arizona State will do. I don't know. I don't it's a different situation there, but uh but yeah, it's uh it's a little uh, well, curious. Here here's my soapbox statement. This is what I say about the ACHA. I gave you a list of teams that I think are I'm, I'm okay with being where they're at. But but the general public and you've heard me say this over and over again, the general public, the parents, uh, the people that don't understand the ranking system, they look at this thing, and guess what they look at, Stephen? They look at the record, right? Doesn't everybody look at the record? Yes. Say yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> certainly they look at the record, but you know, they, people that have to understand it goes much deeper than just the record. But that's not what it should be. There it should involves be something minimum, that makes your the, head hurt. Math, math. It there should a lot be of minimum criteria. That's what there should be for the computer. You should not be the number 11 team in the country when you are one game over 500. And worse yet, you've played 15 games and you only won seven. That, that does not give you uh, the right to be ahead of Stony Brook or Pittsburgh or Ohio or Arizona or Michigan-Dearborn. And I'm not just picking out the WCHL schools because that's who we cover. I'm talking about other teams that deserve to be ahead of you until you prove on the ice that you can win double-digit games. Okay, go on a roll. Win the next three. Make it 10-6-2. and two. Okay, now I got no problem bumping you up, but you got to win double digits. And I'm going to say the same thing for Utah. Uh, Utah's in at number 18. Uh, God bless Utah. I think they're, they've got a great program and they're on their way up. 
but they're one game under 500. That is not uh, worthy of that number 18 spot. And the same thing goes for uh, for Arizona State. Seven games below 500, and you're better than uh, a lot of other teams in the country? Oh, come on. Well, remember come last on. year Remember last year there was a certain team that was like four – 15 and something. I know. That was Ohio. In Ohio. O-H-I-O. There was a fewer pool of teams that last year, so we might forgive that, and, and we understand. And I guess that they had a lot of tough – you know, the teams they were playing were obviously high caliber because of the, the limited number of teams that were available to play. But but uh, so that was – you know. But I think I, I think when we look at it, it's, you know, it's, it's a great uh, conversation piece. It's a great for, for knuckleheads like us that want to talk about it on this podcast. But uh, – I think ultimately, obviously, the last poll that that matters is the final one, right? And and I don't know. I you look at years past. For the most part, I think it, it usually works out okay. The teams that should be in usually get in. Um, you know, it's like with anything. I mean, you look at the NCAA tournament. That's on the biggest scale. There's 68 teams come in. There's always a couple of teams that you know after the fact. There's discussion whether they should have been in over this team. But ultimately, everyone looks at the whole scheme of things and. And says, yeah, you know, for the most part, these are the teams that should be in, you know, where they end up getting seen. Now, that's a little bit more factored in more different things than, than the ACHA. ACHA is more purely based on on numbers and goal differential and, and, and math like that. But but I think ultimately the teams that should get in do end up getting in. The thing that really makes a difference, though, is is where you're seated, because that depends on the matchups you get and and, you know, when you start playing. And, you know, UNLV last I think the last tournament, let's the 2020 uh, tournament that would have t- that did not happen, but they had already had everything seated for that. Uh, UNLV was right on the cusp, and, and we thought maybe they would get that top 12. And that's a difference between if you're in the top 12 and the 13, because you know you have to play uh, an extra game and things like that. So and if you're one of the top five or six or four or whatever, you're you you pass a little bit easier. So um, okay, one one more time. I think everybody, maybe maybe you are, maybe you're not, misunderstanding me. Uh, I think it's all going to work out in the end. The frustrating part for me is that I think you have to have minimum criteria. I think uh, at this stage in the game, if you don't have double-digit wins, unless there aren't enough teams in the top 25, but I believe there are, uh, that have double-digit wins, then I don't believe you should be in. you should be a ranked team. And once you've earned that spot, okay. Fine, now now you're ranked. Um, and then place them wherever you want to place them at that point. But uh, I just think for credibility purposes of the ACHA, and you know that I pump it up as much as anybody, I, I think the ACHA is, a, is not just club hockey. I think it's another level of college hockey. But this makes them look foolish. And uh, I, I just wish that they would clean it up. I'm only talking about one, two, three, four teams in the top 25, but it just, just set some minimum criteria. Like, okay, at the end of the first semester, in order to qualify for the rankings, you have to have at least double digit wins. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. I guess the one thing that could be, you'd kind of look at is, you know, you look at, especially if you're a team, send the check back to the ACHA, send it back. (laughs) Tell them you don't want it. <laughs> hey, if anybody wants to send me a check, I'm all for it. <laughs> but uh, anyways, but no, I think I, I think when you uh, – to go along with kind of what you're saying is, you know, I think the thing that can be frustrating is if you're a player or, or a family member or somebody that supports these programs and you think your team is doing really well 
and beating good teams and, and being in games, and you don't seem like you're being rewarded, where a team that maybe isn't have the record that, you know, like you've mentioned, teams that are barely 500 or, or under 500. Bingo. And they're, and they're in the top 25. I, so that that aspect of it, yeah, I, I see where – I think that's where you're trying to get at too a little bit. That's what I'm trying to get at, and I'm just saying minimum criteria. By by the end of the first semester, you've played enough games that if you don't have double-digit wins, you should not be in the top 25, in my opinion. As soon as you get the double-digit wins, if that's the first week of January or second week of January, okay, fair game. Now you're uh, if you're Jamestown and you're 10-6-2, I got no problem with putting you at 11. But you can't be at 11 now. And that's the part that, that frustrates me is because uh, these and, rankings, and that, I know they're computerized. I know they are. But uh, something's wrong in the system. Like just say, okay, here's part of the, the algorithm then. Uh, if you don't have double-digit victories, you can't be considered. How's that? Yeah, and part of it too is some teams choose to play fewer games than other teams. And so that, that makes it maybe that – you say you have to play a minimum number of games, and I think there is that. I think that I'm sure that there's a, a minimum number of games that you have to play in a season. Well, uh, all you have to do is look at the schedule. I mean, look look at the teams that are ranked right now. They if they've got double digit wins, they've got you know some of them like uh, Maryville twelve five and one, Missouri State fourteen six and zero. Oh. Okay, they they've earned their double digits. They belong there. Yeah, it's it's uh it's always going to be. Uh, Argue, there's always going to be arguments to be made about about this and that, and and I just and, and I think your points are, are well taken, and and I and I it, you know look like I say at the in the end it it usually works out um, you know it probably always with like anything with has depends on a certain ranking or polls, and that's um, exactly my point, Stephen. In the end, it always seems to work out. So what difference does it make right now if you if you just put a criteria in that says at the end of the semester. Uh, semester one, if you don't have 10 wins, double-digit victories, you can't qualify for the poll or the ranking. That's how it should be, in my opinion, because at least then there's some incentive, and then at least the parents and the other uh, sponsors and fans looking at it, they don't go like, hey, like like you just said, Jamestown uh, beat Minot, but I think they also lost to Minot. And uh, they're seven, six, and two, and they went from number fifteen to number eleven. Huh? How can you jump four spots <laughs> for that? That that always was the thing that boggles my mind. That's the one thing that boggles my mind is I, I look at some of these results and I, I think, okay, this team beat so and so team two times, so and so split. You know, team lost both games. And yet it seems like the team that lost both games moves up while the team that's either split or wins both games, maybe against a lesser opponent or it was a closer game or it was a blowout, they end up moving down. I'm like, huh? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. I know. So that would be my thing. ACHA people, if you're listening, just put an algorithm in the computer that says uh, at the end of the first semester, if you don't have double-digit victories, you're not ranked until you get double-digit victories. Um Simple, right? Then everybody that you're looking at in the top 25 is going to have double-digit victories or they're not going to be there, period. Okay, I want to put a bow on it. I'm uh, My rant is over with. Let's uh, take a quick break and let's come back and start breaking down the 10 teams in uh, the uh, WCHL and kind of give our thoughts on, on where we think they are and where we think they're headed. 
Real, 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 real quick, Scott, before we I, – I do want to kind of recap since before we go to break, and we'll talk more about the teams in, in general. But um, we should mention, so uh, with the rankings, uh, six teams in the WCHL are in the top 25. We'll acknowledge that. As you mentioned, UNLV 4, yes, UCO 6, Missouri State 10, uh, University of Arizona Wildcats 16, Utah 18, and Arizona State hanging on at 25. But the, the WCHL Twitter account um, – as the guy, you know, he, the commissioner, he he's able to get the whole list. You even look at the teams that are outside the top twenty-five, so they ha- have that. And if you look at that, uh, Grand Canyon would technically, I guess, be twenty-nine, uh, Colorado thirty, uh, CSU thir- thirty-seven, and, and Oklahoma's at thirty-eight. So you know, I don't know. There's like sixty something, but you even look at just if you extend it out just to thirty, you have a couple more. So this just shows you how strong the the teams are. Even teams in towards the bottom like Oklahoma and Colorado and stuff, if they have a strong second half. They might be able to make a push to, to to get in the top 25, although that won't get you in the tournament. You're going to have to be higher, probably 18 or 17, depending on auto bids and stuff. But uh, it just it, it again reiterates how how good this league is from top to bottom. And and uh, and I when I asked UNLV players that, um, you know, I asked them that, and, and they they seem to kind of agree with that. Like you have to be on your game every night, and and uh, so that just makes it real exciting. But uh, we certainly are going to have multiple teams in the tournament. Um, it's just a matter of how many. That just depends on how the second after we get back from the semester break and how the teams do in the quote-unquote second half of the season, but really more than half the season's already gone, but we'll call it the second half for purposes of, you know, we okay, have and, a fall, and, sem- fall semester and a spring semester. I think now is also a good time to bring up uh, the young man from, uh, used to play at McKendry uh, that lost his life in the terrible tornadoes. Of course, there's bad weather going on again from southern Minnesota on down uh, in the middle part of the country again. So uh, do you have that in front of you? I do, yeah. McKendry Men's Hockey uh, Twitter account uh, tweeted out a picture of him. They they say, we mourn the loss of former Bearcat Austin McEwen, whose life was tragically cut short in the deadly Midwest tornadoes on December 10th, 2021. People that have been following the news those know that those storms were pretty bad, and a lot of people have been uh, displaced from their homes, homes destroyed, buildings destroyed. A lot of people lost their lives, and sadly, this guy was one of them. Uh, he played defense on the men's hockey team from 2013 to 2015, and in the, in the tweet also, they send, we send our prayers to Austin's family and friends, and we certainly echo that here on this show. Absolutely. There's no way to uh, to... to step aside from this, but let's just take a moment uh, to remember that young man and uh, remember all of those that are suffering. And uh, then we'll take a few minute uh, break with, with some of our partners and come right back and start breaking down the hockey. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait. 
wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. This is Adam Trunko, captain of the CU Buffs, the UNACHA hockey team, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, I'm Hunter Cooley, captain of the Missouri State Ice Hockey Bears, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. This is Alex King, the captain of the University of Utah Utes. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hey guys, Jared Erickson, captain of the UNLV Skating Rebels, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Uh, not club hockey, just another level of college hockey. How about that? How about if we just call it that? Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh up in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, it's time to start breaking down the teams. Let's start with Grand Canyon. If you, uh, I'll give you a minute just to pull that up. Um, you can give us a little rundown on what you think of Grand Canyon's year so far through the first semester, and uh, and then I'll jump in and do Oklahoma, and we'll go back and forth till we have all ten of them covered. Sound like a plan? Yeah, sounds good. All right, let's do it. You got the Grand Canyon Lopes? Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll start off with Grand Canyon. Uh, you know, you look at their scores. They've got one score, uh, Jacob Cummings, who's got 20 points on the season. He's their leading scorer with six goals, uh, 14 assists. 
looking down at their goals leader, that would be Blake Billings. Uh, he's got nine goals on uh, two and two assists for 11 points. Um, so you've got about four, four players, five players that are in double digit of points. And, you know, for Grand Canyon, you know, it's, it's a real interesting because uh, they've kind of been hot and cold. They've had a really good uh, weekends uh, at home. They play, they pretty, pretty tough at home. I mean, even when UNLV went there a, a few weeks ago, uh, they, they, UNLV won both games, but Grand Canyon really gave them a lot of, a lot of fits. I even think, GCU had a lead on them at one at some point during those games, and you know, and I just it's it's really a tough place to to play. But I've not been there yet that that facility there or just to a GCU home game. But I just what I know just from seeing it on video or whatever, it's it's certainly a a raucous place, and and uh, you know, it's we we kind of expected that Grand Canyon and maybe be improved and I think they certainly are improved there's no question about that um so I you give them a couple of years I, I think they're going to be a real a real contender but uh you know they had a real rough weekend when they went to Missouri State you know and then they like I said at home they're they hold their own and, and actually steal some games like they they play Arizona really tough at home and I think they they beat them so uh, that's a good win for them there like I said they played UNLV tough uh, there, even though they lost both games, uh, it's never been easy for the Rebels to play there. So, uh, so give G- well, Grand Canyon credit there. So they have a pretty good home ice advantage, even if they don't win, they're in the game. Certainly, they very rarely g- get blown out at home. Let me give you my input on that, if I can. Um, yeah, you're the Arizona guy, so give me yeah. give me some input on Grand Canyon. AZ Ice Arcadia is a very quaint, uh, small facility. Um, there's uh, bleachers on one side. Um, there's a bar. Uh, that's enclosed by glass uh, on one end. Uh, so when they pack it with GCU students who are pretty pretty rambunctious is a good word for them, I think, when they come in, no matter what sport it is, when they come in, they, it feels like they are right on you because they are like four or five rows deep on that one side and then standing around the glass the rest of the way. So it can feel like a very confined um, uh, space, and I think that's a hard thing for, for teams coming in to adjust to. So uh, I will say that. The other thing I'll say is Danny Roy uh, has a plan, and he's had a plan for the last six years, uh, how to build this program, how to get to the point where he wants to go. And, uh, you know, everything from building locker rooms, uh, which he pretty much did between him and some of the players. Yeah, themselves. they did that during the during the pandemic, during the, uh, the shutdown. Yep. The season. Yep. So they, they've done everything they can to make uh, AZ Ice Arcadia their home. It's not far from their campus, probably six, seven miles. So uh, it's it's not bad in that respect. And uh, I, I think they do use it as a home ice advantage. And they are getting better. They're getting better players. They're uh, they're getting better systems. Um, you know, they're, they're going to surprise some teams like they already have. They're going to continue through the second half. So Kudos to Danny and uh, and Grand Canyon, and we'll watch them start to climb. As you mentioned, where were they at? Number twenty nine or thirty or something like that um, in the in the polls. If you went all the way down that far, so yeah, if you went down that far, creep up. Yeah, if they went down that far, the twenty nine, and then and me, and I also have the standings of the WCHL standings. Uh, so right now they are number uh, eight, but they've got uh, twelve points in the in the WCHL. Uh, they've played thirteen games, so. Uh, They've got a couple games in hand on uh, Utah and Arizona, so they are uh, six points behind Utah, uh, fourteen behind Arizona. So uh, they're towards the bottom, but 
but they are uh, they have th- three wins. This is all just league wins. Uh, WCHL wins. They have three wins. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, three wins, one overtime and shootout win, which only get two points for that in the WCHL calculations. Uh, eight losses and one overtime shootout loss. So, um, so and not, you know not- the other thing, Danny being a former goaltender himself, he always gets good goaltending. It seems like so. Uh, you have good goaltending, you're always in a game. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, other than the really the big blip on the weekend in Missouri State, where I think they gave up almost twenty goals over that weekend. It was it was a rough weekend. Yeah, well, it was a really rough trip. They, they, they played uh, Maryville first. That's right. On, uh, first, yeah. uh, on Thursday night, then they played Friday, Saturday uh, in Springfield, and Springfield's not an easy place to play no matter what. But coming off of a, a battle against Maryville first, um, I'm sure it was an experience that they're going to look back on and draw off of. As they get closer towards uh, tournament time, but, but it's a learning curve for them, you know. It's sure a learning it is. Curve. You go Absolutely. through that, and, and I think it was good for them to have that ex- experience. I mean, you hate to lose the way they did, but you know, this is their first season in the WCHL too, so it's you know, it's 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 certainly a learning curve. And, and first season playing games, <laughs> first season playing games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they were in it yeah, last I'm, year too, I'm but we didn't have a bad time. I'm giving yeah, you first bad season time. that we've had that they've been able to play uh, in the WCHL. Um, Okay, so so I have Oklahoma, and I will be the first to admit I haven't had a chance to see Oklahoma play in person. Um, so things are a little bit misleading for me here. I just don't know. Uh, I know Chris Perry, the commissioner of the WCHL, uh, thinks they're on the rise, so I'm going to take him for, for his word. I just think he, he would really be the Oklahoma expert. He's he's he lives he's there a and former coach and I and he used to of course be involved <laughs> with the program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his co-host on yeah. the show, I think, on the podcast show is the is the general manager. I always make that point on the uh, Oklahoma hockey there. So <laughs> he's so so. I think Oklahoma is on the rise. I just think they're caught up in a in a really tough league right now. Um, not everybody can be first in that league, uh, but I will tell you that uh, Marshall Rushing um, has played nine games. Eight goals, seven assists. That's 1.67 points per game. He leads uh, Oklahoma with 15 points. Uh, Zachary Pard, 19 games, 6, 8, and 14 points. But, boy, that just jumps out at you when you're talking about 1.67 points per game. And five of those are power play goals. Yeah, and, and you know, you look at – where they are, you know, they've only played ten league games, so they've they're exactly halfway through the league schedule. There's twenty uh, league games that each team will will play in the WCHL, and you know, you look at that. So they've got uh, two, three, four games in hand on some teams, and so if you know if they were, and not that they will, but let's say they would win all those games, that you're looking at three points for a regulation win, three, six, nine, twelve. All of a sudden, that puts them at seventeen, and and depending, you know, that's just without Utah. And Arizona playing any games, and so you're looking at them kind of jumping the, the ladder a little bit. They're only a couple points behind Colorado State. They're about seven points behind Grand Canyon, and they got three games in hand on them. So, if they were just to win the games that they have in front of them, that that are uh, you know games in hand, boy, that uh, sounds so easy. <laughs> I, it does sound easy. This it is sounds so easy. On paper. my friend, it's not yeah, quite it that easy. <laughs> not quite that easy, but uh, yeah, they're still looking further. Uh, first regulation win. They do have a couple of overtime shootout wins, but uh, but they haven't had a win in regulation yet. So, um, okay. So let me let me quickly run down the, uh, the the guys that have double digit points since double digit points is my big thing and double digit wins. Uh, Nate Payne uh, has thirteen points in nineteen games, four nine four goals, nine assists, thirteen points. Tristan Glass uh, sixteen games, four seven and eleven, and uh, Brendan Sinclair. 
uh, at 19 games played, seven goals, three assists for 10 points. Cameron Bickford, 19 games played, six goals, four assists, 10 points. So I, I think goal scoring, when I look at this, is, is the problem. Uh, they're just having a hard time uh, outscoring teams. And, uh, you know, while they might get some good goaltending, uh, if, you, if you're not scoring enough, you, you, can't, uh, you can't get too many wins. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, too, and we've yet to be able to feature them on a, a game of the week, but hopefully this uh, second part of the season we can feature them and maybe we can bring some good karma. I don't know if, if, we have, if there's such a thing as ITHSW karma, but if there is, maybe it's we all can good. shoot it. <laughs> we can we can shoot them. Uh, just don't have Scott predict that you're going to win because sometimes the opposite happens. But <laughs> okay, so uh, jump over to Utah, and then uh, I'll come back with Colorado State. Okay, uh, Utah. I don't have them up yet, but let me let me uh, pull them up here real quick. But okay, you, want well, me, we know, you want me to chatter on while you uh, when you look? <laughs> I'm good at that. Sure. Well, no, I mean Utah. We. <laughs> We know with Utah this year they they wanted to come into uh, and make some noise in the uh, in the WCHL and and in the ACHA with a, a you know a new new coach uh, Morgan Feeney you know he's a couple of years he's been with the team now but you know this is his first season of coaching with games and actually being on the ice with them yeah being on the ice with them yeah and uh, and that's a team that I've really liked uh, I think has really made a lot of improvement and you look at their top scorers uh, Wyatt Light. Uh, he's got eight goals, twelve assists, twenty points. Uh, you got uh, let's see, uh, three, six, seven players that have uh, eleven uh, have double-digit points. Uh, their top uh, goal scorer uh, is Mickey uh, McKay Pond, uh, ten goals, uh, one assist. So uh, you've got a couple of players with du- uh, double-digit assists. Um, so you know they've. And they have a lot of players that have gotten on the score sheet this year. You know, Utah has had some impressive uh, performances. They've they the very first two games of the season started off well with with a couple of wins over Arizona, taking advantage of that that first series uh, at home. Uh, they've played UNLV tough. Uh, the four games that they played against UNLV this season, the the two here in Vegas were were really close. They went to overtime in, in one of those games, the second game. The first game was the midnight game here and, and didn't pull out the win, but they were in, in the game. I, I think they were ahead. Have you, have you recuperated from that midnight game, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, I, maybe. I, I think so. I, I, I'm just about there. I'm just about there. You're just in time you, to get you, another one in late January at Liberty. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't think it. I don't think those are midnight games. I think they're just regular start times. Ah, I think the, I think Liberty's already had their. Let me give Kirk, let me give Kirk a quick uh, a quick <laughs> message and see if they can play that at midnight just for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyways, but and then they went to Utah. A couple uh, UNLV then went to Utah later uh, next that that next month. They did, they did that and they played up there and and uh, UNLV had to come from behind again and win uh, one of the games. So uh, Utah's been in a lot of games. They've they've. They played Arizona tough, and as we said, they beat them in their ice, and then they went to Arizona and and uh, and lost. But I think one of the games had to go to overtime. So Utah's been able to get some games to overtime, and uh, they have pretty good goaltending when he's healthy. I think that's been the thing is like the goaltending is, you know, has had some moments where it's not been been healthy. So I think they only have one for a while. They've only had like one healthy goaltender that they could use. Uh, so, but I, so I don't know. It's uh, it's so interesting. But uh, Utah, I think. I, and I think Utah, and, 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 and they got their highest got a shot. I, I and they got their highest in the tournament. 
and they had their at one point they had their highest ranking ever. They they like at fourteen or something, fourteen or fifteen in the in the rankings at one point. I think early on in the computer rankings. So uh, so that was cool for them. And they're at number eighteen right now. They're not at your double digit win threshold that you want them to be at, but but uh, they are number fifteen. So if they can put on a good little run here in the second part of this this the season, uh, don't don't sleep uh, on Utah. Don't sleep I think on Utah. I think they're gonna get in. And watch out, you know, as you say, yeah, don't sleep on them in the if they make the ACHA. There's gonna, there may be one of those teams where you're if you're on the cusp or if you're you're one of those upper teams, you're maybe hoping they don't get in because if they get in, oh, that's gonna be very it's a uh, tough out. It's a very, tough out very, if they get in. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so let's jump to Colorado State because we got a few more teams to get through here in the next uh, 15, 20 minutes. Um, yeah, we better speed things up a little bit. Uh, Colorado State. Uh, it's another team that I haven't had a chance to see play a game yet. I know that they've played a ton of games against Colorado, and that's always a great matchup. So I'm looking forward to seeing them on the ice as well. Um, again, it seems that goal scoring is is a problem. They have uh, the leading uh, score with 14 points is Max Kleiner. 16 games played, 5 goals, 9 assists. Uh, John Tower, second, with 12 games played, uh, 5 goals, 7 assists. Uh, Alex uh, Latkowski. Katsiski, I don't know how you say that for sure, Alex. I'm sure, sorry. We'll go with go with uh, go with it. Uh, Fourteen games played, six four and ten points, and Kyle Nelson rounds up double digit scores. Sixteen games played, six goals, four assists for ten points. Um, nothing that jumps out at you really, other than maybe John Tower averaging a, a point a game, which is pretty impressive. But again, they're a team with a new coach. Uh, they're trying to get their feet underneath them and trying to reestablish uh, reestablish their position. And uh, again, they're like Oklahoma; they're stuck in a very, very difficult conference. And uh, they're going to make some moves. They're they're going to upset some teams down the stretch. And uh, I don't think they have enough to get to the tournament, but I think they have enough to uh, really cause some uh, some waves in the WCHL. Yeah, they have uh, their their. Uh, Nine out of ten teams in the WCHL standings. Uh, they've got seven league points so far. They've only had, uh, they've had three wins, one win in regulation, a couple of wins in overtime or shootout, nine loss. But uh, and they've got uh, so they've got eight games remaining. So they they could they could get twenty four more possible uh, league points. So it's it's possible that they might be able to climb a couple of spots. But it will be tough because you got the other teams that are at the tar at the top, and you don't expect them to to lose too many games too so okay so let's go to arizona state you just saw them play uh unlv give us your uh your rundown on unlv or uh arizona state so far well i'll be kind here because uh, we want to we want to stay in good graces with all of our uh wchl teams but uh you know arizona state is uh well I, what can i say about them they are they they work they work hard they fight they they will fight in uh in in games like I said, when they have a bad game, they will come back the next day and make it real tough on the team. And certainly Arizona State did that. Uh, the second game of the series with UNLV got blown out in that first game. I think it was 7-1, to 8-1 I think was the final score. And then uh, the next night um, was close for a while, and UNLV ended up winning 7-3. to three. Uh, they ended up winning with a touchdown, and the other team only had a field goal. But <laughs> oh, you had uh, but, to get that football reference in there, didn't you? Next, next yeah. thing we're going to be talking about ten run rule in baseball. Okay, anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so uh, 
Damon Porter is their leading scorer with 16 points. Uh, also, Brendan Studioso, who's been with the program for a few years now, at 16 uh, points. Uh, Plored again, 13. Uh, Clayton Lackey with 12 points. Uh, and you got a couple other players with 10 points. Uh, let me look at who their top score, uh, goal scorer would be. That would also be Damon Porter, who's got seven goals. But no uh, and- players... No players have a, a point per game uh, of one or higher. That's the highest is point nine four. Let Let me interject this. I think um, knowing the ASU kids that uh, have been around for a while, um, I think they're top heavy. I think that that uh, the first line and a half is really really solid. And and you'd know this more than I because you just saw them play. But uh, does it feel like they're top heavy where the first line and a half is really good? Um, but then they're lacking a little bit in the second and uh, third and fourth lines where where maybe other teams are taking advantage of that. Certainly UNLV can do that. They can match up against anybody four lines for four lines. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and certainly UNLV was good at doing that because they have, they're really starting to have a real balanced roster. Their fourth line, quote-unquote fourth line, really uh, produced some points in that uh, ASU series. So uh, it's... That certainly is the case, and you could see that you have you're right that and you were in, and you want to, and then you end up relying on that line a lot more, and they get tired out, and and then the other players come in, and, and a team like UNLV will will take advantage of their their opportunities. Uh, so that's that's certainly uh, the the case uh, with ASU. So that's uh, you know it's again if they can put on a run here in the second part of the season, uh, they're still well, going to number twenty five. They're number twenty five. <laughs> so I mean you know I, I'm going to tell you gives, though. You gives a lot get, of teams a chance, which makes you it exciting. Get seven I guess, wins regard. just to get to five hundred. They're going to have a lot of two, wins. I think they're still going to have four more games with Arizona, or maybe it's just two more. No, I think two, four more games with Arizona. They're going to have, uh, they're going to have two games at home against UNLV, uh, still in their league play. So you know, don't don't count them out. But it's you know, it's going to be really really tough for them. Um, maybe there's uh, a little bit of a, a rebuilding. I don't know, and when we don't get a lot of communication with their program, so I, it's hard to, to, to speculate on what uh, I don't know if you're looking is. at the chat bar, but we just got informed that that is a midnight game out in Liberty. So if we get you there, um, they're, they're saying that uh, maybe Stephen will be okay because it would <laughs> be, be three-hour okay. be, time difference. It'll be only nine for you. It'll be only nine Pacific time. That's right. <laughs> so that, that, that's But I know <laughs> you. You'll be up all night anyway, and, you, yeah, you'll be doing something. You go to a Hurricanes game or a Capitals game or something. Maybe the Golden Knights will be out there then or something. But anyway. Well, that would be that, that would be wonderful. That's a great update. Um, well, all that all that takes a little bit of money. So if somebody wants to sponsor my my trip out there, then uh, more than happy to, I <laughs> to hear make you. that venture out there to Liberty. I hear you. Okay, so let's jump to Colorado. Um, as you heard uh, on the drop, Adam Trunkel, the captain, leading the way. Nineteen games played, six goals, ten assists, sixteen points, and the most talkative, most smiley guy I've ever met in uh, college hockey. He is never down that kid. Uh, so congratulations to Adam for having the lead right now. Uh, again, he's a veteran player, been there for a number of years, and a very, very smart kid. Um, I don't even want to guess what he's going into because he told me, and I can't even remember. Uh, it's it's something to do with aerospace or something. It's crazy. And if he wanted to, he could do this podcast too because he was. We had him he loves uh, when it. we had him on our show. We we had him go to a, a break, and he he did. He seemed to do just fine. And uh, of course, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he's a good watch kid. Watch out. Watch out, Scott! If uh, watch out for him, he might 
or me too. He might take our. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, Brendan uh, Brendan Hansen, uh, second on the team, fourteen games played, five goals, eight assists, thirteen points. Uh, Mark Borgi uh, is third with fifteen games, six five and eleven points. Uh, Tony Kleinman, uh, Tommy T- Kleinman, sorry, um, uh, with seventeen games played, six five and eleven points. And Keegan Davis rounds out their uh, double digit scores with fifteen games. Uh, played three goals, eight assists for 11 points. So, again, um, it goes down to goaltending and, and goal scoring uh, like it does for most teams. But I think if they can, if Colorado can crank up uh, a little bit more offense, I think they're going to scare some teams down the stretch. Benny Toller is a heck of a coach, and uh, he knows the right buttons to push. So hopefully that's uh, that's going to make them climb the ladder. They're, they're close, too, to getting into that top 25, aren't they, Stephen? Yeah, well, let me just tell you where they are in the WCHL standings. They are number uh, seven, and they have 13 league points. Uh, they've played 12 games. So you look at uh, they played a couple of few games fewer than Utah and Arizona, and so they're five points right now behind Utah. They're uh, well, they're 15 points behind Arizona. But let's say you Colorado wins both those games in hand against Utah, and that's with Utah having don't even need won't even be able to play a game. They were to win, they would get uh, six points, and all of a sudden they're ahead of Utah. And then also you've got Arizona. That's a 15-point difference. But with three games in hand, that's a nine-point gap that all of a sudden closes to a six-point gap. So, if, if again, it's, it seems easy on paper, right? I mean, if, if they were to win three games that they have in hand on Arizona and two, the two games they have in hand on Utah, oh, yeah, all you're of a just, sudden... You're moving them right up the ladder. All of, right, <laughs> all of a sudden they're right... All of a sudden they go from being number seven... Uh, to maybe being uh, four or five, so uh, again, a lot has to happen. But okay. uh, that, you look at what they've—they've they've had three wins in the WCHL. Uh, they've had five losses, and they've had four overtime shootout losses. So a lot of their games have gone yeah, uh, that they, way. They played some close games, so, even against Iowa games. State was a close game. But okay, jump into Arizona because we're running out of time. Okay, well with Arizona, uh, we know the situation there. They—they they had a. a you know, they, a lot of their games early in the season were away from Tucson. A lot of it's the, the situation that they're dealt down there, although that will change as we know in the future. That's the, really the big story with Arizona. Uh, more off the ice stuff is that they're going to be getting a new building. And, you know, we've talked about that on this show uh, ad nauseum, but it's worth mentioning again. So congratulations to them. And, and that's in the future. But, you know, right now they're still dealing with playing at Tucson Arena. They have to share it with the Roadrunners. And, you know, first part of the season, they, they don't have a lot of practice time on the ice, so they have to make the travels elsewhere, you know, two hours, an hour away. So uh, that maybe affects them in early part of the season, but they've been able to settle in now and, and really go on a winning streak of their own. I think they've won like nine or 10 in a row. Uh, and they, and the thing that they have going for them is when they come back from break is that most of their games, like I think, uh, except a, a trip to uh, Minot state, which won't be easy though. And then I think, um, I, I think is all, all at home. So they're going to have a very uh, home, favorite schedule and they play pretty good at home um so uh, arizona is is right now about the you know the top four in the wchl and uh, they're going to play unlv still at at, at at arizona down there in tucson and and i think uh some other teams too they'll play asu four more times and so maybe they'll you know beat up on them too and you know those are always tough games for you know with a lot of stake with the cactus cup and everything so um i guess we could talk about a few of their top players they still yeah. have anthony cusinelli and you know, they're, he's one of their 
Their top scorers. Yeah, I kickstarted him, by the way. When I sat down with him and <laughs> that's right, you were like, I gave him a little kick. See, I said, "Come on, Anthony, we need to get this thing going." See, but there's the good credit there's for the, that. There's the karma right there. There's the good karma I was talking there about. There you go. That's I, I said we need to feature Oklahoma. Get the Oklahoma team going. You know, when, go visit them in Oklahoma and, and get them going a little bit. I'm sure okay. Love that. Okay. I love that. Okay. Let's, let's get rolling because we got teams okay. to cover here. All right. So uh, Jesse Lowell, Anthony Cusinelli, both with 16 points, uh, seven goals, uh, nine assists for Lowell, five goals, 11 assists for Cusinelli. Uh, Brody Selman with 15 points. Nine goals uh, and six assists. That nine goals does lead the team. Uh, Cameron Teamer at 13 uh, points. Uh, Ryan Fisher uh, has, has 11 points. Uh, one thing Chad Berman has said, though, is the scoring, the offensive firepower, it's, it seemed like is has really been consistent. They've they've been in a lot of really low-scoring games or and having to really claw for, for wins, which is great. You know, they had a one nothing win over ASU, and, and uh, they've had a couple of, big outputs but it doesn't seem like um, they're able to score the the amount of goals that maybe they have been able to in the in the past okay we still, got, we got three more going. to go okay three more to go let's go okay so here we go to missouri state um let, let me tell you the difference between goal scoring and not goal scoring uh, missouri state has one two three four five six seven eight players in double digits led by case and gallant who i saw play and i thought he was phenomenal uh, against uco uh, played 20 games, 19 goals, 11 assists, 30 points. That's 1.5 points per game. Um, I'm going to mess up Jacob's last name. It's it's Weithop, I believe, but Jacob Weithop. Uh, we top, I believe it's how I believe we it's top? we top is how you we say. Top. Yep. Okay, I know okay. because I had to do those games when UNLV was here. Oh, against, perfect, Jacob we top. And I, had, okay. I went to the Cliff Cook and asked, how do you say this person's name? I think I still mess it up a couple of times, but I think it is we top if I remember correctly. Okay, awesome. Uh, 20 games played, 12 goals, 12 assists, 24 points. Uh, Evan Ross, 20 games played, 9, 8, 17. Cody Flan, 14 games played, 4 goals, 12 assists. Uh, Noah Brucey, uh, is it Brucey? I think it is. Uh, 20 games, uh, 3, 13 for 16 points. Uh, Jared Bratton, Bratton um, 18 games played, two goals, 14 assists, 16 points. Uh, Matt McGowan, 17 games played, six goals, eight assists, 14 points. And uh, Jacob Brockbill um, has uh, 16 games played, five goals, five assists, 10 points. I will throw in the captain, Hunter Cooley, for, for giving the shout-out as well. 14 games played. Uh, five goals, four assists, nine points. So uh, you can see it right there, Stephen. That, that's the difference for Missouri State. They put the puck in the net. Yeah, they do. And they, they can score uh, a b- bunch of goals. Uh, a lot of those numbers might have been inflated a little bit from the Grand Canyon series because I think, again, they scored like 17 or 18 goals that day. And obviously, there's points involved with that with assists and everything. But but still, it's been uh, – but they've you know they've been kind of struggling a little bit. I think they, they got – they had a, uh, a rough weekend against Illinois uh, a couple of weekends ago. So it's uh, – you know, at home, they're very good. But they've – I think the six losses they have this year – are all been on the road at you know at Lindenwood they've lost a p- couple of games they came out here to Vegas and they lost a couple of games and I think they went to they went to Illinois and lost a couple of games but at home they're very good but on the road they've they've had some moments where they haven't been able to to perform to the level that they'd like all right running out of time tell us about UNLV well you told us for 30 minutes on a great feature piece but uh, <laughs> tell us about UNLV 
and uh, where they stand at the moment. Yeah, so we'll, that's a team I should know the most about, being so close to the program here in Vegas. You know, being, you know, going to a lot of their games. But uh, you know, it's and then people can watch the features and they can they can see a lot of uh you know get that. But basically, UNLV on a twelve game winning streak. Uh, they are number one right now in the WCHL standings at thirty one points with fourteen games played, uh, league games played. They're uh, I think what sixteen and three overall, and so they've they've really been been really good, um, you know. They one thing that's uh, their scoring has been uh, really good. Uh, Max Johnson and also Alec Johnson uh, have been really good performers all season long for the Rebels. Uh, but lately, it's been some other players stepping up and getting the goal scoring. Uh, guys like Cole Wyatt has twenty points, uh, five goals, and fifteen assists. So he's been really good. Jason Demizio has really had a strong push here these last few games, and he's up to thirteen points. Uh, somebody's been with the UNLV team for for a few years now. Uh, Nick Flanders, who's one of the guys I spoke to in the features, so people can hear from him. He's got six points, six assists for twelve points. Uh, Estrada with twelve points. Missoula eleven points. Manning eleven points. Uh, Putusov with ten points. He's really been he's he's been pushing on the last few few games he's been he's been playing strong uh burke with 10 points and bradley gallant with 10 points so and, and gallant's another one he's he's new to the program and he's he's small but he's got some speed on him um and he can he's finally getting rewarded because he, he was doing a lot of good things at early part of the season and uh, wasn't getting rewarded on the scoreboard but now he's starting to get the goals and the assists and so uh it's really starting to work work out for him and so he's somebody that will be good and then uh so yeah, so that's uh, you so, look at so how that. many players is that with uh, double digit points? That's what I was about to count. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven players that have double digit points. So that just shows you the the amount of scoring that uh, UNLV is is putting up. Okay, you, that's impressive. Plus the goaltending, plus that... the goaltending has been strong. I, and I, before I. We don't want to forget about Zach Wixon, who's been strong. Also, Vince Benedetto, who's been in some games, has been really good. So they really have a balanced roster. Good scoring. Uh, the defense is strong when it has to be. And the goaltending is top-notch, which is why we, we are saying they're one of the favorites to probably win the ACHA tournament. I mean, look what they've already accomplished this season, as we've touched on and what people can can see in the future. But uh, uh, obviously, the Okay, you made your point. The, <laughs> the ultimate goal is to win the ACHA tournament. That's what they want to do. Uh, and uh, all right. They, they All can right. do that. They can watch your feature. We're running late. We got one more team to go. Uh, this team, uh, University of Central Oklahoma, always dominant, always plays tough. 12 players with double digit points, led by the, the big Russian, Vitaly Mikhailov. Um, 20 games played, 21 goals, 15 assists, 36 points. Steven, that's 1.8 points per game. Um, Austin Simpson, 20 games played, 10 goals, 10 assists for 20 points. That's 1.00 points per game. Um, Luke Bombardier, 20 games played, 6, 13, 19 for 0.95 points per game. Um, Adam Stalzer, 17 games played, 6 goals, 12 assists, 18 points, 1.06 points per game. Uh, Davin Burton, 19 games played, 5, 13, 18 for 0.95 uh, points per game. Uh, Carter Eha, uh, 15 games played, one goal, 15 assists, 16 points, 1.07 points per game. 
You get my drift here? <laughs> Liam, Liam Tibbers, 19 games played, four goals, 11 assists, 15 points, 0.79. Um, Donald Alchin, uh, nine games played, but one goal, 11 assists, 12 points, 1.33. Uh, you just go down the list. Uh, Justin Cole DeBecky, uh, 20 games played, 3-8 for 11 points. Uh, Cooper Krause, uh, 20 games played, 7-3 and 10. Um, Sam Sykes, uh, 13 games played, 5-5 five, five, and 10. And Spencer Golden, 19 games played, 3-7 and 10. Uh, goal scoring is where it's at for uh, the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, not much to add on to that, except I'll, I'll give you where they're standing in the, the WCHL. They are right now number three, actually tied with Missouri State for uh, number, so, number uh, two. And they've they haven't. Uh, they've lost two games in the in the league so far. Uh, they're ten uh, two uh, in the WCHL play so far. So uh, they're they're certainly one of the top teams in the WCHL for a reason. A lot of that, of course, what you just mentioned. So, um, and let me tell you this. Uh, we'll we'll kind of wrap up this uh, this episode on this, but um, there will be at least five teams from the WCHL in the uh, ACHA national tournament. You heard it first right here. Write it down. It's going to happen. Uh, they're going to surprise some teams. Um, I would not be a bit surprised to see uh, two teams from the WCHL get to uh, the Final Four. What do you think of that? Ooh, that's very interesting. And w- and would they play each other too? That would be very, very. Seems interesting. like they always do. I mean, think about you know UNLV's number four right now. I think Central Oklahoma is what five or six, and Missouri State's in the top. So that's it's very likely that the those you could have several teams. Uh, in the final four of the uh, ACHA tournament, which would make us, for us, selfishly, real exciting. It would make this the stay in St. Louis real exciting to have a have a team uh, go that deep, or several teams go that deep, and uh, so that's uh, that's going to be exciting. But uh, I I can't wait. I mean, I, you know, it's nice. I think it's going to be a nice break for a lot of these teams. I, I asked UNLV players. I think is it kind of unfortunate because the break you guys are playing so hot right now and you have this little bit of a break. But they, they, it's mixed feelings, but they are excited for it to rest, recharge. You know, they also have school to do with, you know, during the year too. And now they get a break from that too. So uh, it'll be nice for that and, and some banged up bodies, I'm sure, on a lot of teams and hopefully come back and make a strong push in the second part of the season when we start in January and, and see what happens and what happens at the end of February and when we're talking about the national tournament picture. Okay, my friend, let's wrap it up with this. Uh, we will say that uh, two things. Uh, our podcasts are very nearly 20,000 downloads. So, folks, get on there. Tell your friends to start downloading. Listen to some of the podcasts. Enjoy some of the coverage and the guests that we have. And uh, let's get over 20K before we get to the end of the year. I know we can do it. So let's just get it done and, and say that we're 20,000-plus uh, downloads. And uh, secondly is I am working very hard to try to get somebody from San Diego State and Oregon to to come on with us uh, over the uh, – holiday break here to see if we can talk a little bit about their programs because they've announced that they are going to be ACHA D1 teams starting next season. So we'll work on that. Steven, take it away, and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein the Peacemakers. From the Summer Skate Studios, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly was brought to you by Boost Mobile. Whether it's a new phone for yourself or a child's first phone, go to boostmobile.com and click on deals to find the phone that's right for you. Caesars Entertainment. Wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. UNLV Hockey, 
Play ACHA D1 Hockey in Hockey Mad Las Vegas. Go to rebelhockey.com and see if the bright lights and championship mindset is for you. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. By Summer Skates, winter's almost here, but doesn't mean we like our drinks to be uh, warm. Uh, get your personalized koozies and more. Visit the store page at icetimehockeysw.com. The University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, home of the two-time defending WCHL champions. Buy M-Drive supplements to fuel your drive. Visit mdriveformen.com and refine your prime with M-Drive. And buy Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, also available for download at Apple Podcasts. Uh, Pod being the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, as I said, we'll work very hard to get somebody from San Diego State and uh, Oregon on to uh, to talk that. Uh, also, another little sneak peek. The Sunday special has not been around for a little while, but there's a new one coming out. And uh, it is my visit on Friday night to see Albuquerque and El Paso, our two uh, North American Hockey League, the NAL teams in the Southwest. I'm going to get a chance to see those two play as the rivalry started with uh, El Paso uh, moving up into the NAHL ranks um, to, to take on the, uh, the guys from Albuquerque. So Ice Wolves against Rhinos. Can't beat that for Friday night. So look forward to that uh, as well coming out next Sunday. And then, of course, it's on for me to uh, Colorado Springs for Arizona State Colorado College Saturday night. That'll be the second of a two-game series. And then a few more days in Colorado, and we'll be back for Christmas. So uh, stay tuned to all the good stuff. Paul Hornstein and myself will be with you on Sunday nights for NCAA Hockey, College Hockey Southwest Live, and then Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly on Monday, College Hockey Southwest Weekly on Tuesday. And Stephen Marsh and myself will be back next Wednesday with Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Actually, not Club Hockey. It's a different level of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's. Uh, I do like that. I, I don't like the word club. But anyway, uh, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro, and uh, goodnight, everybody. We know about clubs here in Vegas. There's a bunch of clubs here, but that's not the kind of club we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it to the Vegas guy. Uh, goodnight, everybody. Have a good week, everyone.